Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hello, my name is Patrice Anwuka, and I'm a senior policy analyst at the Independent Women's Forum. Now, last week, Senators Mike Lee of Utah and Joni Ernst of Iowa introduced the Cradle Act, a plan that allows new moms and dads to receive paid time off uh, for a new child through Social Security. This is an idea that was modeled after the innovative Social Security Earned Leave, or SSEL, uh, planned by our organization, the Independent Women's Forum. This is the second bill, actually, to be introduced that was inspired by SSEL. So here to talk with us more about uh, SSEL uh, is IWF's president, Carrie Lucas. Uh, and she's going to talk about the benefits of this plan, as well as push back on some of the criticisms that we've heard. So, Carrie, uh, I've got a newborn. You have five kids. Uh, so we've yep. definitely talked a lot about paid leave and, and, and how we can make it available to individuals uh, and also some of the bad policies out there. So I'm looking forward to digging into this with you today. Yes. Thank you so much, Patrice. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, let's get started. So last week, I know it was very exciting for IWF. We saw the introduction of the Cradle Act, and, and you know, it's very fun to see all of this IWF moms with their babies, the baby bellies, the newborns, preschoolers, everybody, you know, really putting a face on this issue of paid leave, but also a conservative solution to it. So tell us about SSEL and why it's such an innovative approach to parental leave. Yeah, you know, I think that for so long, I appreciate you kind of the setup of this because I think everybody knows um, how important the idea of being able to take time off from work is. Um, and the good news is that we've, for a long time now, we've seen the private sector growing and providing this benefit to more and more workers. Um, you know, since tax cuts, we've seen a number of big companies start offering uh, not just their kind of executive or salaried employees, but even hourly workers paid time off from work. And that is really something we want to make sure continues. And one of the challenges is with this issue is so many of the solutions that have been pushed in the past um, would stop that progress um, and would really take us in the wrong direction. If government comes in and says, hey, we're going to start collecting taxes and and provide people with a set benefit, that's really going to put, that's going to discourage the private private sector from doing this, which is why um, the Social Security earned leave is a really different approach. Basically, this is allowing people to take a benefit that they've already, they've already earned. You're already paying into the Social Security system. You're already um, earning retirement benefits in the future. You're already eligible for Social Security disability benefits. But um, so this says that, hey, you're going to, instead of waiting and starting to take benefits at age 67, you can take a little bit of that, a bit of that now, basically front load those benefits in return for taking for a changed eligibility at the end. So this is changing the timing. It's not displacing private action. There's no reason why a company should drop employment. Um, and, uh, and this is, it's really, it's just a, it's allowing, it's expanding benefits and expanding access to paid leave without expanding government. And that's really the, the, um, the needle we were trying to thread at IWF. Okay, well, this all sounds great, and I certainly am on board. But let's jump to the criticism. Now, on the left, they say it's unfair to ask people to trade time off during retirement for parental leave. Um, I've even heard that uh, this is going to reduce retirement benefits. Are either of these criticisms true? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like it's it's really strange to me when people try to deny or say that it's unfair to have um, trade-offs in a program like Social Security or in life in general, because we all know that that's a big part of that's a big part of life. Um, everything involves trade trade-offs. 
Uh, and especially with the Social Security, we already have kind of baked into the concept of Social Security um, trade-offs about timing of benefits. Right now, um, as somebody who is um, 62 um, I can decide, I'm going to start taking retirement benefits early, um, received, but in, in exchange for having a reduced payment. Or you can say, I'm going to put off taking benefits and work a little longer to increase the amount of benefits I have over time. These are both options. There's trade-offs to it. You work a little longer, you work a little less, and you would change how much your, um, your benefit is. These are options that we give free individuals and we trust people to make decisions and to decide what's best for them. You know, similarly, obviously with Social Security, you're making a, you make a trade-off with Social Security based on how much time you work and how much time you take out of the, of the labor force. Somebody who chooses to drop out of the workforce entirely um, and stop paying Social Security taxes, um, that man or woman is, um, is potentially reducing the amount of retirement benefits that, she's, that he or she is going to be due later on in life. This is part of the trade-offs we all make when we decide how much to work or, um, or, or not. So uh, it's, it's really silly to say that somehow it's, it's crazy to give people an option. And I think that's really, you know, this is not something we are not forcing somebody to give up something. We're giving them an option. Um, so really, it's, it's very paternalistic to say, oh, you know, we don't want people to have the option of, of making that trade-off about their retirement benefits when, um, when that's clearly, you know, they'll only do it if they think it's in their best interest and they know better than anybody else whether it makes sense. Okay, so that's, that's the left, and I'm glad you would address that. But we've surprisingly gotten a lot of pushback from, um, from some folks on the right. You know, uh, I think I, I laid out maybe, I, I, I highlight, highlighted about three. Um, one, the private sector is already doing this, and this is not the sphere of government. Um, number two, uh, this is going to discourage needed changes to Social Security. Uh, and number three, almost that slippery slope argument where it would turn Social Security into a piggy bank for other needs. So how do you respond to those big criticisms from the right? Sure. You know, and it's, it's, um, I think I, I do have good response. I'm glad you're bringing these up because it's important to address them. Um, and first, you know, on the, the idea of the scope of government, I very much sympathize with the idea that the federal government has gotten too much in the business of, of doing of doing too much. Um, the federal government's supposed to have a very limited role in our lives. The last thing in the world we want to do is to expand it even more. Um, but that said, we need to recognize where we are in reality now um, and also recognize what, what happens. You know, when, what are the consequences of not providing people access to something like this Social Security Earned Leave um, program or this idea? Um, right now, if somebody um, doesn't have access to paid leave, um, and they need paid leave, and they don't have to, they ha don't have it through their through workplace. About half of those with low incomes end up on some other form of public assistance. Um, they're going on on um, other state-based um, financial support programs, basically welfare. They start collecting food stamps. Um, sometimes they, they find ways to take unemployment by um, leaving their job or, or yeah, purposely getting fired from their job or being let go. There's other ways for them to start re receiving public support because they lack paid leave. So that's one way I think it's important to recognize that actually by giving people this option to access money that they've already earned or that is baked into their, their Social Security benefits could actually reduce support on government. Um, so in some ways, it's a very conservative proposal. You're, having, you're taking personal responsibility. Um, instead of trying to find a way to receive government financial support in other ways, you're 
you're taking your, you're making a trade off. You're saying I need this support now and then I'll, um, but then I'll, I'll trade it off for something else. So I think that's actually why this, in my mind, doesn't expand government. It's actually just modernizing our, our safety net and making it more responsive and more efficient in helping people um, by providing support when they need it most. And then on this idea of discouraging private companies from providing benefits, you know, actually, this is one where um, you know, I know this firsthand. Um, as, as you know, I'm, I run the Independent Women's Forum, and I'm the person who's really in charge of making sure that we make our budget and to consider how we um, compensate our employees. And so I, I think about this. As you, as you mentioned, Patrice, we have a lot of people that have, have babies um, and that need time off from work. And so I think about how we would react as a small employer. How would I change things um, if something like the Social Security Earned Leave Plan were to put in place? Well, I wouldn't. I, you know, because um, I know this is something that's important to the, the women who work at IWF, um, I wouldn't be considering. I wouldn't consider ch- trying to drop our benefits to save a few bucks and then say, oh, you know, Patrice, sorry, you're going to have to access your Social Security benefits now and, and, um, and go through and, and access this in exchange for retirement. Because I want to keep, I would prefer to, I feel like I attract better people by providing the paid leave benefits that we offer today. Since it doesn't change my calculations as an employer, you're not raising my employment costs, you don't have a new payroll tax, there's really very little incentive for me to change that kind of, um, to change what I'm doing now, um, or, or even to prevent me from trying to expand benefits to, to, as a form of compensating my employees in the future. That's a really important contrast because if mm-hmm. the Family Act, if something, if a new um, paid leave entitlement came into effect that made everyone at IWF have to pay an additional payroll tax, I absolutely would have to consider um, eliminating the paid leave benefits that we have currently offer our employees and put everybody on the government program since they'd be paying into it and they would basically have access to what would seem at that point like free money. Um, So that would absolutely displace what what we would be doing. So really, I feel like as a small employer, I can speak to this not just as a policy analyst, but from firsthand experience. And then finally, mm-hmm. on the slippery slope argument, I think that there is something, you know, I understand um, concerns about this, but there's a, a little bit of, of kind of irrationality. I think that this is, this is clearly the Social Security program, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's supposed to be about providing worker protection. Um, we already have this disability aspect um, uh, tucked into it or as a part of the Social Security program. But this is a very discreet and kind of sensible way to help people be secure and to provide security so that they can stay in the workplace. And I think that's actually a very kind of limited but understandable way to expand Social Security. The, the other things people kind of float as, you know, why wouldn't they, you know, once we do this, why wouldn't we end up um, having people finance their student loans through, through Social Security? I think that's, that seems, uh, there's a very different, very different idea because it's unrelated to our, um, it's unrelated to Social Security itself or to workforce attachment. And it's such a large amount of money that that would obviously tremendously change people's retirement benefits. So I do think that you know, we always have to be careful careful of slippery slopes and make sure that we only change government in ways that are rational. Um, But I don't think that that's a a terribly serious concern. Well, Carrie, thank you for hitting all of those, um, those uh, criticisms. You know, last question, you know, do you think that the Cradle Act will pass? You know that's that is it's an important question, but it's it's funny. Um, you know, I'm not a very good political pro, pro, um, pro, um, prognosticator, but I think that this is the kind of thing where looking at the the situation that we have when it comes to relationships in Congress, 
um, I find it very hard to imagine that anything is going to move forward. I think that the um, I think the Cradle Act has a lot of appeal. I would be surprised if it doesn't attract more and more sponsors because I think it has so much to offer. Um, but there's a lot of folks on the left right now who are really loath to give up this issue um, and want to prevent progress. So I'm not I'm not holding my breath. But I think if, even if it's not this year, this is going to be something we're going to be hearing a lot more about. Um, and I'm hopeful that Americans will start saying this, this is something that that should be a consensus and that um, that in not the not too distant future, this can really um, this could move forward. Well, you know, when you think about public opinion, um, it's near universal that Americans want um, mom, new moms to have um, maternity leave at, and pretty high in the 70 percent uh, support dads also having paternity leave. So, you know, I think it's it's great that we have a, a really good idea that's, you know, been turned into legislation and in two pieces of legislation. And we'll see what happens with it. But, you know, I just want to underscore for our listeners one more time a point you made, Carrie, which is that, um, you know, if we ignore this problem, Problem, you're going to have um, impacts of working moms dropping out of the labor force. And we don't want to see um, the, the labor force impacted young women not being, uh, you know, leaving the workforce because they can't afford to have a ch- time off. And then on, on top of that, taxpayers are on the hook for funding that time off through, through public assistance. So, you know, to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today, Carrie. Thank you so much for walking us through Social Security earned leave. Um, if you want to know more about this issue, go to iwf.org slash paid dash leave. We've got tons of information on SSEL um, and some great things that you can share with your families and, and your friends and get the discussion going on this topic. Now, don't forget. Please share this podcast with your friends and like and rate this on iTunes so that other people can find um, this podcast. And uh, to our listeners, thanks for listening and tune in again. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.